This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Hello, dumb nerds listeners. We got a great episode for you today. It's all about the Terminator movies. This is great for you guys that were loving the Titanic episode and when we got talking about the movies because James Cameron directed Titanic, but before that, he got his start directing the Terminator movies. So we talk about him a lot. And my guest today is Charlie Mihalik. Charlie is an LA-based comedian. He hosts the improv shows Purgatory, which you can watch at the Clubhouse every Monday night, and it's also in the UCB Inner Sanctum the third Wednesday of every month. He is also the creator and host of Catharsis Dramatic Improv. It's a show focused on real, grounded, dramatic improv. So if you want some good, awesome improv, that also might make you cry. That's the show for you. And it's also coming up at UCB Sunset Theater, Wednesday, March 29th at 7 p.m. And some shows I have coming up is on April 7th at 9 p.m. at UCB Sunset. I'm part of the mashup team for Private Street's The New New Show. I'm so excited. I saw the premiere of the show last month and it was hot, hot, hot. So I expect this April 7th it is going to be hot, hot, hot as well. And my mashup team is awesome. We've been writing some pretty silly, fun stuff. Also, Chats on Cats with Joey Cliff is back. It's coming back April 24th at 10.30 p.m. at UCB Sunset. So if you missed it, you can come and check it out then. If you were at the last show and you're like, I love that show so much because cats are awesome. Guess what? We're back, baby. April 24th at 10.30 p.m. You can follow Charlie on Twitter at Charles Mihalik. That's Charles, M-I-H-E-L-I-C-H. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Cassie Jerkins. Now, I just want to do a little corrections up top before we get into the episode because I feel pretty guilty. I failed when it came to talking about James Cameron's wife's. We all know that he's had a lot of wives, five to be exact, but there are some women that we touched upon that are super, super badass. And I feel bad that we either flubbed their names or didn't know exactly their achievements. So I wanted to correct that up top. Very important. All right. So quick rundown of his wives. Uh, His first wife was Sharon Williams. He married her at 18. He was a truck driver. She was a waitress. They were together for 12 years. And then when he started making it in Hollywood, he was like, peace. And he married Gail Ann Hurd. Gail Ann Hurd, we definitely talked about in the episode. She is a producer and she helped produce the Terminator movie, which became a box office hit. So, you know, because of Gail, James, you lucked out. Gail is an American film producer. She joined the New World Pictures as an executive assistant to Roger Corman, the company president. And then she worked her way up through various administration positions and eventually became involved in production. And then that's when she formed her own production company, Pacific West Productions, in 1982. And that went on to produce The Terminator, Aliens, and The Abyss. More James Cameron's hits. Also, she's still killing it today guys she produces the walking dead gail ann heard you're awesome also only married to james cameron for two years the next big one that we do talk about and oh boy i wish i had the right facts in my brain always and hope it'll be in my brain always from now on that's Catherine bigelow they were married from 89 to 91 Catherine bigelow she is the only woman to win an academy award for best director that's right she won the Academy Award for Best Director for Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker was nominated for nine categories in the 82 Academy Awards, and it won six. Hurt Locker won Best Picture, Best Director, Catherine Bigelow, Best Original Screenplay, Best Sound Editing, Best Sound Mixing, and Best Film Editing. She killed it. She killed it that year, and that was also the year that she was up against Avatar, and Avatar did win for Best Cinematography. Also, fun fact, only three other women have been nominated for Best Director. I don't know if that's a fun fact. That's just a fact. Yeah, so when it comes to directing, it's hard for women. According to the Center for the Study of Women in Television and Film, and in research article by Dr. Martha M. Lawson, you can check it out. It's a man celluloid world, portrayals of female characters in the top 100 films of 2016. In 2016, women comprise 17% of all directors, writers, producers, executive producers, editors, and cinematographers working on the top 250 domestic grossing films. This represents a 2% decline 
from last year. Women accounted for 7% of directors, down 2 percentage points from 9% in 2015. Last year, 92% of films had no female directors. In other roles, women comprised 13% of writers, 17% of executive producers, 24% of producers, 17% of editors, and 5% of cinematographers. Yikes. Those are the numbers. It's still super low when it comes to behind the scenes. So get it, Gail Ann Hurd and Catherine Bigelow. Let's keep fighting to get women those jobs. It's not great, but here are the three other women nominated for Best Director. There's Lena Wertmuller for 1976 Seven Beauties, Jane Campion for 1993's The Piano, and Sofia Coppola for 2003 Lost in Translation definitely seen Lost in Translation. I gotta check out Seven Beauties and the piano. James Cameron was also married to Linda Hamilton in 1997 to 99 while he was filming Titanic and there on the set of Titanic he met Susie Amiss who played Lizzie Calvert in Titanic. Uh, That's in the future scenes with Bill Paxton and everything. So that's where they met and then he left Linda for Susie. You know that kind of stuff. Susie's cool. She's an American environmental advocate, a former actress and model and we all know Linda. We talk about her because she played Sarah O'Connor in the Terminator movies. All right, we're about to get into the Terminator. But real quick, if you have two minutes, please go onto iTunes and rate and review us. Just go to this uh, iTunes store, click on podcast, type in Dumb Nerds. Boom, there you are. You'll see the kitty cat logo. Just click on it and rate and review. It helps us become more visible and super, super appreciate it. Also, if you're shopping on Amazon, go to boardwalkaudio.com slash dumbnerds and click on that support our artist button. It'll take you straight to Amazon like you normally would. And you can shop and it gives us a little kickback that helps keep this show going. Without further ado, please enjoy this episode with Charlie on The Terminator Movies. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. Good. (laughs) We are so good. Yeah. Everything's great. Everything is coming up, Charlie and Cassie, always. Always. Always 100%. (laughs) We are Never a down day. Never a down day. (laughs) Wake up. The sun is always shining. Mm -hmm. It's like waking up in a musical. Yes, absolutely. I feel sorry for anyone that is not me. I know. That's, That's the only guilt I have. If I could feel guilt but I've never felt a bad emotion in my entire life. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Charlie, why do you love Terminator so much? Terminator 2 was the first Mm. R-rated movie that I ever saw. Really? Yeah, I was probably eight years old, and my dad (laughs) had it on Uh tape. And I remember watching it, and it scaring the crap out of me. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And it wasn't the Terminator itself. It was... The nuclear bomb. Oh, that yeah. The vision that Sarah Connor has. The playground. The playground. Oh shit! Where they yeah. get like blown into oblivion, and yeah. that was the first time I learned about <laughs> nuclear weapons oh, and really? what they could do. That was the first experience that I ever had when I saw something Damn. like that. And in my mind, I was like, "That's a hundred percent gonna happen." <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's like. That's a very real terror. I feel most kids are like, oh, I learned about Freddy Cougar or like something that's like scary, but is in our day to day reality is like, yeah, that that would never happen. So <laughs> for you, that's like, oh, that that could happen. Like, yeah, that's things that they talk about on the news all the time. And yeah, I don't know. Was this around the time when I don't know, I feel especially in the 80s, the U.S. was with every other country like we got bombs. No, we got bombs. Yeah, this was like. This was the early 90s. So this yeah. would have been, because the movie came out in 91. Okay. I probably saw it in 92 so or 93. Got it, got it. But so like, it was post-Cold War mm-hmm. and it was kind of in when we were dismantling. Yeah. It was like nuclear weapons, right. but being seven, I didn't know that. <laughs> You're just like, <laughs> so, we're dead, we're uh, yeah, dead. I just was like, that's crazy <laughs> that that could happen. Um, so you're obsessed with it because of the terror. I think well, it just there's a connection where I always think of it and go like, oh, that was my first rated R movie. And yeah. then 
uh, I didn't see Terminator 1 until much later. Interesting. Um, I didn't see that until yeah. much later because I think, A, like there was something that I was like, oh, I'm watching a rated R movie. Yeah. I remember being cognizant of that and being like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then later, um, I got really, really into Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like every Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> yeah. movie, I would just watch like over and over and mm-hmm. over again. And then finally watched Terminator 1 and thought it was so cool. And so interesting. Yeah, I think uh, I've just watched the Terminator movies in the last, well, just the first two, because after that, I'm like, oh, well, Cameron's out and the rest suck. I guess I don't need to watch it. So watching the first one, I was like, oh, if this was my first Arnold movie, I would have to- hands down been an Arnold fan. Right. I'm like, damn, he's like, can act. I don't yeah. know. Like, it's so interesting. And like, I've never seen him do a character like that. Yeah. Everything yeah. Else has been like jingle all the way. Exactly. <laughs> and I think Terminator 1 and Terminator 2 are so diametrically opposed to each other. They're such different movies. Yes, I thought that too. Um, Terminator yeah. 1's like a pretty small movie and mm. pretty like intimate. Yeah. And then Terminator 2 is huge. Yeah. It's like yeah. an epic almost. And yeah. there's so much action and so much spectacle to it, mm-hmm. but it's also so intense. Yeah. They're both such intense movies. Yeah. Um, whereas most of Arnold's movies, like he is an action hero, but the action is you never really have any concern that he's going to win. He's basically just like a one man army. He takes yeah. everyone down, but this one had like real stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. And this whole idea that this one person holds the key to humanity's survival yeah. is really interesting. I've seen all of the movies multiple, I, except okay, for, I assumed you probably, except for Genesis. So Genesis, I saw is one Is that time. the one that That's just the came most out? recent one. Okay. But I saw Terminator Salvation, I think three times in the theater. That's the third one? That's the fourth one. Fourth one, okay. So the fourth one is the McG one. And Arnold's not in that one, right? So Arnold is <laughs> kind of in that one. Okay. So at the end of the movie, uh-huh. the character who's like half human, half Terminator, which is Sam yeah. Worthington, who was supposed to be, remember when he was supposed to be like the next big thing? Yeah, yeah. He's the actor in it. He breaks into a mm-hmm. Skynet facility. And finds a, it's a CG Uh Arnold from the first movie. (laughs) And so they have a big fight. Okay. That makes sense because uh, doing my research, I was reading quotes of Arnold bragging like, I'm so glad I'm not in the fourth one. It sucked. Right. Like, and Christian Bale was also like, yeah, fuck that movie. Well, Christian Bale, that's the movie where he had his freak out. Oh, that was the one wait, that's what? like a really famous freak out that Christian Bale had where he oh. was just like, he was like, you're going to come onto my set and tear down my, <laughs> I'll tear down your lights. And that was hit. That was. Okay. And what was so funny about that was yeah. it seems like such low stakes because right, it's a right. bad movie yeah, yeah. directed by a guy named Mick G <laughs> and he has this huge meltdown. Yeah. But yeah that was Terminator okay. Salvation. That's interesting to me because so is Christian Bale kind of being like, um. Catherine Heigl tearing the movie down that she was in. Probably. Yeah. yeah and like it's it not, it's up. bad. It's a bad movie yeah, for yeah. sure. But because I was such a huge fan of the franchise, mm-hmm. anything that expands the lore in any way, I was like, Oh, I I'm like there. this. Cause yeah. that one takes place after judgment day. So mm-hmm. that one all takes place after Skynet is taken over after the machines okay. have taken over. Yeah. And so, um, it like, you got to see the human resistance, which is mm-hmm. like headquartered on a submarine, Michael Ironside's like the head of the resistance. John Connor isn't a leader yet. Mm -hmm. And then Kyle Reese, who's like Michael Bean from the first one. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, Anton Yelchin. Okay. Yeah. And he is like, (laughs) he is just like a kid, basically. He's like a teenager. Mm -hmm. And so like John Connor meets him because the whole story is is that John Connor sends his father back in time. Right. And then his father sleeps with Sarah Connor. So (laughs) Okay. Real quick, from a feminist perspective watching this movie, I was like, okay, this is clearly like made by a white guy in the 80s because I was really enjoying the first movie and I'm like, this is so cool. And then there was a scene where it was just them talking and I'm like, oh, he's going to fuck her and she's going to get pregnant. And that's like her origin story or whatever, like her purpose, where... I was just rooting for them to like, they could just be platonic friends fighting, you know, right. Then it turned into like, Oh, but I will say that Uh Terminator two is like, I would say like aggressively feminist because pretty, it is. I was talking about this. Yeah. It is pretty feminist, especially her getting like super jacked for the role was super awesome. And the fact that she 
like throughout the course of the film, like does yeah. not trust this Terminator and is yeah. like, nobody's going to protect me. Like nobody yeah. can protect me. Yeah. So she does everything herself, like her escape from the mental institution, like that all that cool. stuff is yeah. like, yeah, it's like, it's very cool. And that was a thing that like, I do know that James Cameron. Yeah. Like, cause he was married to, to her Linda Hamilton at the time. Uh, oh, when they made the second one. Yeah. Or Maybe they got married after. No, they got married after for like a hot second okay. in like the late 90s. Oh, it was so, in the late 90s? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. I think he was still married to uh, um, Catherine her. Bigelow. Is that Catherine? Wait. Catherine Bigelow's the director of like The Hurt Locker yeah, yeah, and Point yeah. Break. Okay. I always forget her name, but her last name's Heard. She's the one that like he, she bought the rights for the first one for a dollar. Really? Have you heard of this no. story? Oh, Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll get her name later for okay. the podcast. But basically, there's this woman, Heard is her last name, and she was a producer and had her own production company. Lydia Heard. That sounds familiar, but I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so James Cameron wrote the film and was like, I want to direct this film. And a lot of production companies were like, hey, we'll buy it, but you can't direct it because you're a nobody. And like... Right, right. Yeah. So he kept being like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready to let it go. Like, let me keep shopping around. And then finally, he like part with her and like another production company and the deal they made was she's like I'll buy it for I'll buy your script for a dollar so you can direct it and then that's how um going down the road with all the Terminator movies how he like basically lost the rights because it was owned by this company that then went under and then when they went under this was after the second Terminator movie he was like, I could buy this movie back because I'm super rich now, yeah, yeah. but I'm working on Titanic. So uh, I think I'm done with it. And yeah. then he just like passed on it. And then that's how it got bought and turned into like this franchise right. with video games. And yeah. And that was one of the big problems. That's the big problem with the franchise post James Cameron is yeah. the fact that most of the filmmakers who took on the franchise yeah. like assumed that the franchise was really tied to Arnold. Rather than it being James Cameron, because like that's why they're so schlocky Mm -hmm. going forward. I will say, like, I think Terminator 3 gets more shit than it deserves. I think it's not amazing, but Mm -hmm. it is, it's still R rated, it's still a big (laughs) spectacle. Yeah. And I do think it has a really, really, really gutsy ending Uh that I didn't expect um, when I was watching it because. Basically, the story pretty much follows the same formula for the first mm-hmm. three movies, which is like two people go back in time. Yeah. You know, like in the first one, it's a human and a Terminator. In the second one, it's two Terminators, a good <laughs> one and a bad one. And yeah, the third yeah. one, it's two Terminators, a good one and a bad one. that's the best combo. Right. <laughs> Arnold goes to a bar, uh-huh. fights somebody to yeah. get a leather jacket, sunglasses, and a motorcycle. Which, which he does in the first one, right? In the first one, the second one, and the third <laughs> movie. In all three movies, he goes yeah. to a bar. In the third one, is there a waitress that's super into him? Uh, no, I think I in, the in the third one, one, it is a gay bar. Oh. And then so he comes out, and then he takes up, and I, he puts on glasses, and they're stars. <laughs> and then he takes them off and steps on them. So it's like a little in-joke. Got it, um, got but it. there's always him needing to get clothes. So he yeah. goes to a bar to get the clothes. And then, you know, you have the scene in which you see like how destructive this new Terminator is because each one of them has like more advanced powers. Right. And the Heighten, first one Heighten, was just Arnold yeah. who could just mimic people's voices and was and indestructible. Then just kill people. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second one it was the T one thousand, which is liquid and yeah, and can yeah. do stuff like that. And then the third one, yeah. It's uh, Christana Loken, who is like a supermodel, uh-huh. and she has the ability to like manipulate machines. So one of the oh, big cool. car chases in the movie is she like yeah. takes over like an ambulance, yeah, police cars, like construction trucks and stuff. Yeah. And there's a huge chase in which like all these automated cars are and yeah. stuff like that. So there's that's that stuff that cool. happens. And then. Mm-hmm. So then- that's cool. It's like, it's just basically like a heightening. I was reading reviews on the third film and most critics were like, eh, it's not as good as the second one, but it's still yes. pretty solid. And it had pretty big action. But the third, the ending mm-hmm. of the third one is a judgment, judgment day actually happens. And so the cool. very end is like, is yeah. like uh, John Connor and uh, mm-hmm. Catherine Brewster, who's played by Claire Danes. Uh-huh. Uh, um, that's cool. Arnold sends them to a a facility that's supposed to basically house them until the resistance happens. It's supposed okay. to be like, but it's supposed to be like, that's where you need to go to stop Skynet. And yeah. then when they get there, they realize it's an old government bunker that was supposed to be used in case of nuclear Holocaust. Oh. They find themselves trapped in there. Yeah. And then the very end of the movie is every nuke in the entire world being launched. 
And then that's like, yeah, crazy. flying and everything like that. And yeah. so the movie ends with Judgment Day happening. That's pretty. That's, which, yeah, which yeah, I was like. solid, yeah. Especially for someone to take over the franchise. Yeah. And then do that. That was yeah. like cool. Because then after that, it. <laughs> yeah. So then after that was kind of like, so after all the bombs have hit, now they're just living in submarines and trying to figure out like how to. In take over. According to Terminator Salvation. Yeah. <laughs> there's like, there's another part of the franchise that yeah. I also really got it. There was a TV show that ran for like a season and a half. That's the Sarah right. Con Chronicles. Was Linda Hamilton in it? Or no, no, it was uh, Lena Headey, who okay. was uh, like Leonidas's wife in 300. Okay. She, oh, she's, uh, she's uh, Cersei in Game of Thrones. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, so she's doing great. Yeah, yeah. She's doing that great. That didn't hurt her No, it didn't hurt her at career all. at all. Um, she's, yeah, and and she's she's Sarah Connor, mm-hmm. and then uh, the Terminator is Summer Glau from Firefly. Oh, that's as, cool. Yeah, yeah and that's so awesome. and it's not bad. What TV network? It was on Fox. Fox. And see, yeah, it might have done better if it was just not on Fox because Fox for the longest time had just a reputation of not right having successful shows minus The Simpsons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but it was like interesting the. The big problem that started to happen with the franchise <laughs> is that they yeah. really got into the time travel aspect of everything. Interesting. So okay. they started yeah. hopping around like in the TV show, they did the same oh. thing. They were like, oh, let's go back to this time to stop this from happening and go to this time to stop this from got happening it. to try to that make everything. That get old hat after a while. It can and it gets super confusing from a timeline perspective. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they took characters that were in like, you know, in Terminator 2, there's Eduardo, which is the, mm-hmm. the, the guy who has like the the desert bunker where they go and get all the guns. Yeah. Yeah. That guy was cool. Yeah. So I liked his family. Exactly. So that, <laughs> that guy's great. And it's like cool that he's super supportive of, yeah. of Sarah and everything. Yeah. I liked their relationship. But in the TV show, they mm-hmm. find, they meet up with him again and uh-huh. then it turns out that he's a bad guy. Oh, yeah. see, that sucks. And she has to yeah. kill him. And yeah. so she kills Aww. him. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's the thing. I get very precious about like Star Wars and stuff when like something changes and it's like, you just fucked up this whole like yeah. character story or something. And yeah. it's like, why even you don't, like, yeah. either don't bring that guy back yeah. or don't turn him into a bad, bad guy. guy yeah. yeah. You could create another character to be right. this bad guy or whatever. Like maybe she goes to get him and finds out he's been kidnapped or something. Right. Exactly. And then, yeah. So there, um, there was that. And then Terminator Salvation, it didn't add anything to the, yeah. the story. Like it didn't okay. add anything to, the, to yeah. the lore. You got to see like, and there was some cool, like it it was shot in an interesting way because it used that desaturated visual style. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it yeah, had like yeah. a gritty war movie feel to it. That's cool. Um, it was pretty dark, but what the, what happened was same thing that happens with a lot of big franchises from the 90s yeah. and the 2000s is mm-hmm. they move it down to PG-13. And that hurts it. And that yeah. really hurts yeah. it because like those movies were bloody and gritty and like there yeah. was like, they're, they felt very intense. Yeah. And then, and then suddenly, and suddenly they're as, kind of sanitized. Yeah, a little yeah. Bit. Yeah. Right now with Logan being out, being rated R. I think they're finally starting to see that rated R is viable from yeah. that perspective. Well, I remember making, uh, it was Deadpool, right? Mm-hmm. Rated R like was the biggest deal. It's, it felt like it was months of going back and yeah. forth and hearing like. And it was hard R too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And glad they fought for that, right. you know? Yeah, it's it's interesting, I think, with what I was reading and mm-hmm. getting into with the Terminator movies is just how much money they made really, I think, made people want to like latch onto it and be like, how how much yeah. money can we make off this? I mean, Terminator 2 was massive. Yeah, yeah. So Terminator 2 opened July 3rd, 1991, Independence Day weekend. So uh, they spent $102 million to make the movie. Mm-hmm. And at that point, that was the most money they've ever... Most expensive movie of all yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. But they made $519 billion, yeah. which was the highest grossing film of 91. Yeah. A movie, it's <laughs> so good. Yeah. Still watching it. It holds up so much. It's so exciting. It's so interesting. The action is so great. And I loved it. Yeah. I was almost like, I don't think I needed to see the first film. Right. I think I could have just it jumped right alone. in. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I liked the first film, but I think it could have even been if, you know, obviously... 
James Cameron was a nobody and was super right. poor and was reading, he was like living off Big Macs at the time. Mm-hmm. But if they had trusted him and he made the second one, I think they could have made the first one yeah. afterwards as like a, here's a flashback or whatever. One like, of the last scenes they shot in Terminator 1 mm-hmm. is the scene where Arnold steals the station wagon in the okay. beginning of the movie. Yeah. And they had run out of money. They had no budget. So yeah. they broke the window of an actual car that was parked on the street. And then after they <laughs> shot it, yeah. gave the, the people money. Like they basically <laughs> were like, here, fix your window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they they were like, we can't do it. So they just had Arnold go up and elbow his way through the window. That's without, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> No yeah, it's probably cheaper to yeah. pay them than to be like, we got to get a wagon, casting call for a wagon and bringing it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so interesting to see That's what. That's so interesting. Because in the original casting, it mm-hmm. was supposed to be OJ Simpson yes. as the Terminator <laughs> and Arnold as Kyle Reese. Yeah, that yeah. was what I found very interesting was the whole time they were planning to have Arnold be Kyle until Cameron and Arnold met up and was like, yeah, actually. And I also liked uh, another fact about Arnold was in the second one there when James was like, okay, you're going to be good now. He's like, uh, can I kill like a few people? Yeah. <laughs> that was like negotiated in the script. And then for the third one, when he found out James Cameron wasn't going to be involved in it, he's like, well, I don't want to do it if Cameron's not in it. And Cameron's like, just ask for $30 million. And so he did. And he, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So Terminator Genesis, which is the most recent one that came out, Mm -hmm. is awful. Uh, (laughs) I watched it like a month ago. Um, It's available on Amazon Prime. If anybody (laughs) wants to watch it, I I don't recommend it. But (laughs) but it... So basically what it does is it goes back to Terminator 1. It basically does a Back to the Future 2. Okay. Where it goes back to the scene in Terminator 1 where Arnold first arrives. Got it. Yeah, yeah. And when he gets there, old Arnold is waiting Mm -hmm. for him and kills that Terminator. Okay. And like- Sarah Connor's already a badass at that point because they've been manipulating the time thing. They've been jumping back. They've been jumping back and doing all this stuff. And so the timeline is super confusing. Yeah. Then Skynet takes over John Connor's body and turns John Connor into a Terminator. Oh my God. So John Connor is is the main bad guy of the movie. Yeah. What's her name? Um, Khaleesi is Sarah Connor. Mm -hmm. Um, Wait. Khaleesi, is that oh Amelia term- Clark, is that her name? Yeah, from uh from Game of oh, Thrones. Oh, oh, is playing Sarah. Is playing Sarah. Okay, Sarah, got it, yeah, got it. Got Sarah it. Connor. Yeah. And Jai Courtney, who is a <laughs> a MMA fighter turned actor who's uh But probably can't act or not great. Uh, uh is bummer. Kyle Reese. Um, interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh. And there's and it's just like it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know how when people write fan fiction, they love the characters so much that yeah. they like, basically it's all like references and like Easter eggs and stuff. And so rather than being yeah. true to what the character's relationship was, there's this really coy flirty relationship between Sarah Connor and Kyle Reese where she's like, yeah. she doesn't want to tell him that she and he are going to bone to <laughs> make John. So, so he doesn't know? He doesn't know that he's oh his dad. And, be, and because <laughs> if he knows, then that yeah. means he's got to do it. And that means he's going to die, right? Because he died. In right, the, right, right. Yeah. So she's like, I'm not going to tell him. But then they have these moments where like they end up going back in time and they end up on a freeway in LA and they're both naked when they come through, right? And they're holding each other. And then she's like, just because we're holding each other naked doesn't mean anything. And like <laughs> oh my God. really bad, like, like yeah. flirty stuff. Whereas like before it was like, she was a badass. Like she was yeah. cool. Even in, yeah. that, even in that first one, like even though she's a little she's more she's feminine. cool yeah no 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 she's so like cool no there's definitely like the movie's definitely for its time is like heading in the right direction right there's just a couple points like i remember in the second one john connor is like confiding in arnold about how his mom he was like oh yeah there's a lot of boyfriends because she was trying to find a right father figure for me and it's just like girl you could just raise him on your own like you're super strong you know yeah and then it was at the end her realizing that Arnold was the perfect father the whole time it's like you could have realized it in yourself but But I I do I will also say (laughs) that in that because she does have a point where she says about all the men that came in every single one of them she was 
she was using them to right. learn things, which still yeah, means that yeah. she's learning, but she's like using them to like prepare yeah, because she was, yeah. she was like, they're all going to die anyway. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. It so, could have, it could have been a lot worse. It could have like, been way yeah. worse. Um, yeah. but in this, it is worse because she, <laughs> she calls Arnold mm-hmm. pops the entire movie. Like Arnold okay. is basically her dad. And yeah. then there's a part where Arnold is mm-hmm. like sizing Kyle Reese up for yeah. his, ability to be a good dad and at a point point he goes Kyle Reese is a good man and like, <laughs> like he's a dad approving of everything yeah. it's so it's so it, is Arnold in it he's the main character Arnold what are you doing yeah. how much money are you making yeah like another thing I thought was very interesting was when the third movie was coming around Arnold's like actually I want to be running for office right so he was running for governor yeah. while this movie was coming out. Yeah, yeah 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 like he well he postponed his campaign but then when the governor, what's his name? Oh my uh, God. Gray Davis. Gray Davis yeah. was getting recalled. That's when he was like, all right, I got to put my name back in the hat. Exactly. And then yeah, the movie was still being made when he started doing his campaign. So it's just so interesting that he did that arc, became governor, and then now is like, yeah, I'll, I'll do movies now. Yeah. Well, and the problem is, is he's not bankable anymore, which mm-hmm. is kind of sad. Aww. It's like, is, is I don't think Arnold has had a hit. Yeah. Since he came back to movies, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I know for me, like Arnold was Jingle All the Way, the movie where he was like the pregnant man. Twins. Like, so he was. Or Junior. Junior. And yeah. then Twins with Danny twins. DeVito. So he was always just kind of like laughable. Mm-hmm. Like, I think. And then that became his reputation of just this guy's he's silly. Like, yeah. you know, like no one took him serious. Where again, watching the Terminator movies, I was like, oh, this guy was a fucking badass and yeah. lost his way or they just with he marketing. Three great movies with James Cameron. Those first yeah. two Terminators and then True Lies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, True Lies is great. It's mm-hmm. so fun. It's a great action movie and it's yeah. very funny as well. <laughs> James Cameron was really good about using Arnold for all his strengths mm-hmm. um, in that yeah. sense. Whereas Arnold like had a problem with later just attaching himself to these projects where he was the name. Whereas oh, like, it's yeah, like yeah. rather than working with like a really good director, yeah. it was like, oh, I'll just make this generic thing in which I'm yeah. one man army. Yeah. And so all the movies started to feel kind of the same. Like you pretty much knew what you were getting. Yeah. Whereas that's why I liked Terminator so much was it was, it was so interesting and the lore is mm-hmm. so, and the idea of a Terminator is because they're an unstoppable killing machine. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It was such a, like one of those things where you were like, how are they going to stop this guy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think the thing I liked about the first couple of movies was people coming from the future and you're but you're watching the film in this past reality or whatever, right. where I think with the jumping through time, it's like, you're missing the point. I think it's more interesting for them not really knowing what's going to happen, right. but knowing they need to fight. And then once in a while they get this message right. or this person or something. And the story is, simple in the first two movies. Yeah, like it's a very yeah. simple idea, which is just like you go back in time and you're trying to do one thing. Yeah, yeah. And that one thing will change <laughs> the future. Like two adds a little bit because I do also really love the uh, added element of them the going doctor, to Cyberdyne or, yeah. with Miles. Yeah, with Miles yeah. Uh, Dyson mm-hmm. to try to destroy the piece of the Terminator. And she wants to kill him so that he'll never develop Skynet. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then yeah, that was that was a cool scene with her trying to kill him and being like, "God, damn yeah. It. yeah." And the whole siege of Cyberdyne is so cool when all the police come in and then Arnold goes through and shoots them all in the kneecaps. Yeah. because he's not allowed to kill him, <laughs> yeah. and he goes out with the gun. And yeah, it's yeah. just like, yeah, that scene is so good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the movie heightens so well. Yeah. Like the very end, like the very last, like 30 minutes of the movie. Oh, it's so good. The chase scene where they're in the back of the truck and yeah, he's yeah. in the helicopter. It's, yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's so great. But I loved that because like it all felt, the stakes always felt so high. Yeah. And yeah. And you always were like, every time they thought they had beat him, they didn't. Mm-hmm. And it never felt like, oh, of course he's coming back. Instead, you're like, oh, I buy that. Yeah, I mean, it's like there's a whole army. Exactly. Yeah, so it's like what else is coming? And I think that is much more interesting than them being like, oh, now we have the technology to go and change history. Right. I don't know. That's just like that makes things so much more murky. I think that's a big problem that I that I've thought with the later movies in the franchises became mm-hmm. they came became really obsessed with Skynet. Yeah. Like Skynet was what everybody because like especially because like yeah. now we're all on our phones, phones. and yeah, it's a yeah. computer and it's very reflective of our modern society when like yeah. the franchise is built around the Terminators. Yeah, yeah. And Skynet's a scary idea, but once they started we started to see what Skynet was, it mm-hmm. started to be like 
okay, yeah, I guess. But I think the leaving it to your imagination is probably exactly more, yeah. because in the first one they mention Skynet and mm-hmm. Skynet becomes self aware and takes over everything, right? Okay, but we never see that. We yeah, never, yeah, and we don't need to because it's that idea. But then eventually you start seeing in the second one you see the company, which is still okay because yeah. you, you still don't know exactly what his project is. But yeah, like, and, and he's seen, not like evil. No, and he just he's a normal he's just guy. Like, I'm trying he, to help people. Then in the yeah. third one you have the actual company, like in the third mm-hmm. one, and so like, and it's a Department of Defense type thing in which the Department of Defense has signed a contract with Cyberdyne to turn Skynet on to yeah. control the nuclear weapons so that nobody can set them off, which of course is going to set them off. Yeah. But so in that sense, it's like, okay, now we're really starting to see it. And then in this fifth one, it's in Genesis, it's, there's so much of it. There's so got much it. Skynet. So and there's Skynet. five movies total. There's five total movies. Yeah. Got it. Got it. And yeah. do you think they're done after this one? Do you know if the, if they make an, if they make another one, it's, it's, yeah. it's like, I would have to check how much money they made. That's really what determines. Yeah, it. I don't know how much money this one made. Um, but I do know there was like James Cameron came out before the movie and was like, This is great. He's like, what? I watched it and it was really good. And it was like, <laughs> and he was like, I didn't think they'd be able to pull it off, but I thought it was great. And then I watched it and I was like, What movie did yeah. you watch? He was probably just like, I'm gonna get money because yeah, I, probably got I have so story much by money. credit, whatever. <laughs> Or they're like, yeah, if you do this, we'll give you like, I know he's working on like another Avatar movie, like five Avatar. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure all the money he can get or whatever. That actually, it's like one of the, the, this is so stupid to put it this way, but like one of the saddest things for me is like James Cameron was so important to my love of film. Yeah. And then he just like stopped making movies. Like he made, he made Avatar 12 years after Titanic. Well, do you want to know, I was reading about this today, uh, in between Titanic and Avatar, he was filming a bunch of underwater documentaries and he created the the, Titanic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And he created by doing that, he was able to co-develop 3D technology. So I like to think, oh, he was doing all that study so he could make Avatar well, when he, he had was, the yeah, technology. He was waiting for the technology to catch up with Avatar, which is yeah. something he always said. He's like, I always want, I always, had, I'd written Avatar 10 yeah. years earlier, yeah. but the technology wasn't there yet. The problem is, is mm-hmm. that Avatar is not a very good movie. I haven't seen it. It's not <laughs> great. I, uh, I, I didn't see it because everyone was complaining. It was like, oh, it's the plot of Fern Gully. It's but- Fern Gully or Dances with Wolves or yeah, anything like yeah. that. It's like, it's, it's a white savior movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, in a sense, or like, or Pocahontas or anything, yeah. where like, you know, like, oh, we can learn from them, but they can learn from us. And yeah. Essentially. And there's a big spectacle at the end, like, and it's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Yeah. It's just not very interesting or compelling and the script is bad. And it's yeah. like, it's one of those where like, you can appreciate it for the innovation. The problem is, is that the innovations have not been used yeah. since. Like, yeah. Nobody's really like, like 3D is not really. Nobody else. Yeah. I mean, Avatar is is a success because it's the only movie to capitalize off of the 3D technology. But he's so smart in the sense that like when that movie came out, I was like, what even is this movie? And I honestly was like, we could be seeing the very first James Cameron flop and it became the (laughs) highest grossing movie of all time. Number one. It's still Uh, number one. Yeah. And second is Titanic. Yeah. And that's what's also amazing is this guy has the top two yeah. highest grossing films of all time. And reading more about his story was he was born in Canada. And then at, I think it was 12 years old, he moved to Brea, California. Mm-hmm. He went to Fullerton Community College, oh my God. dropped out, and then just started becoming a truck driver. But he was always really into film. And then so what he started doing was he would go to the USC library and just start reading people's theses mm-hmm. on film and camera angles and yeah, yeah. like how to make movies movies and if they'd let him he would photocopy it but if they wouldn't he would just take notes so he essentially like taught himself yeah. to be a director and then through that developed the terminator yeah yeah and everything so he's definitely a genius just maybe not the best script writer right because also uh having hannah talk about titanic he wanted the name the movie title of titanic to be planet ice like really yeah oh like that's gosh, so that's bad great. so like maybe if he just stuck with like action mm-hmm. films maybe Maybe like that's just his wheelhouse for writing. Yeah. But yeah, it sounds like when he like does different genres, that's maybe like where maybe he does want to work with somebody. When Avatar was nominated for Best Picture, I went to the Writers Guild and saw him speak. It was like him and oh, like shit. all the other yeah. nominated writers who had mm-hmm. who had written. So it was like the people who wrote 500 Days of Summer, people who had written like the movies yeah. that were nominated that year. Yeah. And he 
spoke and he said he just told this like vignette of like in the 80s mm-hmm. he had three typewriters that were going at the same time because okay. he was writing three different movies at once he was writing the terminator oh my god he was writing <laughs> rambo 2 which uh-huh. he wrote the screenplay for yeah and then aliens yeah uh, aliens. yeah mm-hmm. um and aliens is so good it's, <laughs> yeah it's that was his second movie he made after yeah. terminator yeah it was such a smart move for him to like, rather than ape the original. Yeah. He like, cause original is like a, it's a claustrophobic horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a bunch of people who are outmanned and outclassed by this one alien. Yeah. And so in this one, he's like, no, we'll send a bunch of like Marines in there that are heavily armored yeah. to take on a bunch of these things. And it's just like this really, really good, tense action thriller yeah. where it, like still, it's still like two and a half hours long. Yeah. It takes an hour and 15 minutes before you even see an alien. But then from Tight. there to the end, it's just nonstop yeah. action. Yeah. Um, and really good. And like, so every movie I saw of his, I was like, this guy. He's amazing. He's so good. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah, then, so I could see how after Titanic, you're like, okay, what's next? And then just do another like, action movie. Crickets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then just crickets. Yeah. And, and then, then going to Avatar and then now making five Avatar movies. It's like, why did he stop making action movies? Exactly. And, he was so good at it. Yeah. And I was on like a Terminator fan site today and there are fans that are still mad at him. They're like, oh, come back, <laughs> like save it. Yeah. And, um, and there was a quote I found of his where he was talking in regards to that point I was telling you earlier about when he's like, I could, I have the money to mm-hmm. go and buy it back. But he decided creatively he was past that. Yeah. So I think he views himself as action movies are beneath yeah. me. I just want to maybe winning best director, best film for Titanic. He's like, oh, I, yeah, I yeah. would have never done that, got that with an action movie. Right. Let me make these like yeah, yeah. Oscar worthy movies. And the story was done. Yeah. I could say that T2 ends in a way that you could be like, you could essentially yeah. say like every part of the Terminator has been destroyed. Yeah. Melted. And mm-hmm. then Arnold destroys himself. And yeah. so you basically have like, gotten up. rid of all. Of, yeah, yeah, he does yeah. the thumbs up as he goes into the molten yeah. and they're gone. Yeah. And then Sarah has that great quote at the end that's like, if a Terminator can love, can yeah. we? <laughs> but then the third one doesn't yeah. ever really explain why mm-hmm. they like, because they're like, no, my mom stopped Judgment Day because Sarah yeah. Connor's not in the third one at all. She's, oh. she's She died of cancer, of radiation or something. Was like that, that because they couldn't get her or they just were like, we don't need this essential character. It's all about yeah, Arnold. Yeah, I don't think they tried. I mean, I think well, also, maybe they could get her. Or maybe but... they were planning to have her. And then when Arnold's like, give me $30 million, Right. Then they were like, okay. Sorry, can't afford you. Yeah, <laughs> you don't yeah. have enough money. So she's dead. Um, wow. Yeah, in it. But then he's like, no, my mom stopped Judgment Day. And then all Arnold says is like, uh, Judgment Day is inevitable. And then they're just like, yeah. okay. And so it's just like, it's off a few years. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear about the original ending for Terminator 2 that no. didn't do well? So James Cameron had written a different ending to Terminator 2. So that quote and everything didn't exist. It was just he died. And then they flash forward to they're in Washington, D.C. And Sarah has old makeup on. She's an old lady now. And she's watching John, who's now a senator, play with his daughter. And then is basically like, everything's great now. And everyone's like, that's that's weird. I don't want to see the super badass woman now be like an old grandma. Right, right, right. And then John be like the senator where the whole time he's running around basically cursing the whole time. Yeah, yeah. He's like this badass Especially like Edward Furlong, Mm -hmm. who like, God, that's a sad story. Is he the guy who played John Connor? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, so, so I don't know about it. Okay, so Edward yeah. Edward Furlong was, after that movie, he did a couple more movies. Like, I think the most notable one is American History X. He's the oh. little brother. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. American History X. And then he just got so heavily involved with drugs and alcohol. Oh, no. And I think still is like, a, like yeah. he hasn't been seen in forever. I think oh, the last movie fuck. he made was, he made Detroit Rock City uh-huh. in like the early 2000s. Yeah. And then after that, just like, but like every once in a while he pops up like, yeah. as like, oh, on a binge. Like he's, yeah. Oh, kind of like um, Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Like everyone's like, like oh, are they still a fuck up? Let's get pictures and like sell yeah. the story or whatever. And I think Macaulay um, Culkin got better. He but got I don't better. Think, I yeah. don't think Edward Furlong did. Um, yeah. I mean, like yeah. hopefully he can still pull out of it. But they were going to cast him in the third one, but they didn't because yeah. he was such a mess. So they cast Nick Stahl, uh-huh. who hasn't really 
done much yeah. otherwise. He was in Sin City. He's the yellow I like faced. Sin City. He's the yellow yeah. bastard in Sin mm-hmm. City. And then he made, I don't know what else he was in, but after that, that was it. But he played John yeah. Connor. That's what, I mean, Linda Hamilton too, like watching Terminator, I was like, why isn't she in everything? Right. Like, She's so good. I think she's such a great actress and like very committed, like getting ripped. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then, but again, me watching Terminator a month ago was me getting introduced to her mm-hmm. for like the first time and being like, okay, what else is she in? I'm looking yeah. on her IMDb and being like, uh, yeah, she's like, she's working, yeah. but she's not like she should have been starring. Pretty much herself. everyone in that franchise, like it yeah. doesn't really like that do a ton more. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Michael Bean mm-hmm. was in Aliens, so he's yeah. in, he's in a deleted scene. So there's the special edition of Terminator uh-huh. 2 yeah. in which he appears to like basically in like a dream sequence type thing to Sarah Connor. Mm-hmm. So he's in it a little bit, but Got otherwise it. he's not in it. But then, yeah. and then he's also in Aliens. But then other than that, he's not yeah. in a ton. I think if I fact check this, but Bill Paxton, yes. RIP, was one of the bullies mm-hmm. in the first Terminator. Yes. And yeah. then he did Titanic later. Right. So he went on to have a good career. And he's also in Aliens. Oh, he's one of the yeah. space Marines in Aliens. Mm-hmm. And then he was in Predator. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he was in like those three. So they said he was the only actor <laughs> to be killed by a Terminator, an alien, <laughs> and a Predator. That's uh, such a cool fact. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting how some directors will use the same actors in yeah. everything constantly. And then it seems like James a little bit, but not too much. Right. There's people he liked working with, but mm-hmm. I think, no, Bill Paxton is also in True Lies. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got to see True Lies. Oh, yeah. Now I'm very in- yeah. intrigued True Lies is great. He, But Bill Paxton, yeah, he's he's also in that. And so he used him in a lot. What's the general summary of True of Lies? Of True Lies? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Jamie Lee Curtis and- okay. uh, Jamie Lee Curtis Already and on board. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger are amazing. Married. Uh, they're like a suburban family. Mm-hmm. And he is a just like a normal businessman. <laughs> And they have a hiding daughter. His muscles yeah, hiding his but yeah, suits. Like that. But mm-hmm. it turns out that he is a spy. He's oh, a he's okay. not he's yeah, like yeah. he's been the whole a, time he's been a spy. The whole time he's been married. He's yeah. not like a he's not a, a spy like he's it's not like an insidious thing. He's on the good guy's side, but right, he works right, for the government. But and it's so, like sometimes he has to fly he goes to on Europe missions. and yeah, like kill people. Exactly. And yeah. so and his partner uh, is Tom Arnold. Really? Yeah, is Tom oh. Arnold. And then at a certain point, like Mm -hmm. he is compromised and attacked. And then Jamie Lee Curtis finds out. And so they basically go like go on this or trying to get away. And then their daughter gets kidnapped and it's all sorts of stuff. And it's like like Arab terrorists and all sorts of stuff. And but she is having she is bored and having an affair with Bill Paxton because she's so bored with her life. And this saves their marriage. So but. (laughs) But it's like this huge, like it has a really famous yeah. scene mm-hmm. that uh, takes place in the Weston Bonaventure downtown, which okay. is the, so if you've ever been to that hotel, mm-hmm. it's got a huge circular lobby and in the middle of it is glass elevators. And there's a huge chase scene that takes place where Arnold is on horseback <laughs> and like having a gunfight with these guys. Yeah. And there's a part where he rides the horse into the elevator and has to sit on the horse as it rides up in the elevator. Oh my God. And um, yeah. And, uh, but it's really really it's a very very fun action comedy but it's oh, yeah, like Tom Arnold. Yeah, but it doubles as a very, very, very intense action movie as well yeah, with this like comedic cool. element. But it was like also pretty famous because Jamie Lee Curtis was in her 40s at the time and mm-hmm. there's a very uh she has a very sexy striptease sequence oh okay yeah, yeah. okay and so mm-hmm. people always talk about that because it was like it was like man like yeah, yeah. Like, that, like oh my gosh her body's still like, yeah which is yeah. kind of gross now when you think about <laughs> it but like back then it was like oh that's such a big deal it's, exactly if you're a woman and you're 30 you're done yeah acting. exactly yeah, but yeah. in this she was like and that way they were like it rekindles their romance and yeah so does he find out that she was having an affair the whole time yeah so Ooh, he knows He knows that she was having an affair and because Bill Paxton is a used car dealer. (laughs) 
and this is so funny yeah exactly so like he's just like a slimy like mustache and he's Aww, yeah that kind of Bill thing and so Paxton. arnold goes to the car dealership and is like i want to go on a test drive and then he like has a yeah a fantasy of like hitting the guy in the nose and like killing yeah. him and then it but then he like he just like scares the shit out of him got it got um, it got it yeah yeah but yeah true lies is so fun Damn. Yeah. I got to I got to watch that next. Yeah. I mean, James Cameron, the more I learn about him, I'm like, I think he was like a good guy. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. know. He's yeah. Not, it's like one of those things They're where I'm like, I didn't way. know he was a vegan, but yeah. he's been married five times. Yeah. And, like, and I've heard he's kind of not good to be married to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Catherine Bigelow is an amazing director. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's she's so good. And she her movies have all the same spectacle like mm-hmm. she's so good at spectacle in her movies yeah. which is something that he's really good at too yeah um like way better than michael bay or anything like that because stakes is such a big part of it yeah yeah like the hurt locker is so, so intense. intense yeah yes. and so exciting point break is an awesome action movie that is a good one um and then she made this movie that was really, really cool in the 90s called Strange Days with mm. Ray Fiennes. And it's about people being able to like, it's like a virtual reality type thing in mm-hmm. which they can like kill people and they can do stuff like that. And it's how our society is being like taken over by this kind of thing. But it's really like intense and gritty. And yeah, everything I've seen of hers is always like so good. Yeah. And I think I think that year she won Best Director for Hurt Locker the same year that Avatar was nominated. Right. But did she win or I don't think she won I think Hurt Locker won I think Hurt Locker won I think Hurt Locker won but she didn't win best director and everyone's like oh she didn't win best director because she's a woman basically Yeah. and then there was some sliminess of Cameron being like I taught her everything I taught her everything she knows yeah so it's like he's not They're, most of them aren't great. Any yeah. of the like, any of the big, larger yeah. than life directors yeah. are got that way because they're because he's a, he's a total dictator about his art, totally, which is why his yeah. art is so good because it's a hundred percent his own. But you can't be that way with your personal, right? Life. But then he's <laughs> yeah. also kind of a monster. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like I imagine to go from living off of Big Macs to the point at where I was reading he would because like at the time they had the Big Mac special where you could buy two, so okay. he would eat one and he'd freeze the other one and then like microwave it and eat it the next day. So that's where he started, and now his net worth is one point seven eight billion dollars. Like that's going to change you as a person. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're being told constantly like best director, yeah. best movie, you have the top two highest grossing films of all time. Yeah. But at the yeah. same time, like can't, I can kind of respect him being like, yeah, I just want to go explore the ocean for a that, while. That's like, why I loved that. Rather than doing yeah. these like cash grab, like yeah. nothing he does is a cash grab. Like yeah. it's always like there is always some angle behind it. And every single movie he's ever made has pushed technology forward in some way. Yeah, yeah. Like Terminator 1 or Terminator 2 was the like CGI. The, the CGI was yeah. like a real first use of CGI. Mm-hmm. The Abyss kind of did it. Like the uh-huh. is like the Abyss is this movie he made in between Aliens and Terminator 2. Right. right. Um, which used some of that technology. It had these like this like effect that would like come out of people's chests and it uh-huh. would like snake down and it was kind of like the liquid metal of That's cool. Terminator yeah. 2. But then Terminator 2, like those special effects like yeah. still kind of hold up. Like Yeah. Oh, and I was also gonna say earlier terminator 2 uh when that bad terminator murders his foster mm-hmm. family terrifying yeah that was so scary and then i think that's when they established knives could come yes like long swords can come out of his hand and like yeah. just stab people on the eyes exactly slowly. yeah yeah so yeah and i think he pushed he pushed technology forward in that way and then did it again with titanic yeah like the, yeah the that boat sinking, the yeah. Titanic sinking, like that <laughs> is incredible. like insane. Yeah, 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 for the time. Like, oh yeah, never seen anything yeah. like it. Totally. Um, and then Avatar, obviously, yeah. with the 3D effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I found something very punk rock about winning best movie, and then just being like, I'll make another film when I'm ready. Right. Because I, I feel like, especially today, most directors that are up for best director every year they're coming out with like right. an Oscar baiting kind of right. film and it's like David O. Russell like stop like yeah. take a break and make something great as opposed to every year being here's another Jennifer Lawrence film right, you know? right, right. see that constantly so and I mean musicians always if they have a hit they're now like okay we have to turn something out tomorrow yeah, and it needs absolutely. to be amazing and even actors that win yeah such a curse of like people that will win best actor or best actress yeah. and then the next year make 
one of the worst movies ever made. Yeah, and, and then like their career never recovers. Yeah. So for like, at least the cool thing is that for James Cameron, like his entire fate is completely and totally controlled by him. Yeah. Because he self-finance, he paid for most of Avatar himself. He paid yeah. for a ton of it himself. He did it like he does yeah. that. He'll just do that. He'll be like, oh yeah, I'll put the money up. Yeah. Like, I want to make the movie. Yeah. And so I don't want you telling me what to do. I don't want the studio to come in and do that. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so I have the two most successful movies of all time. Are you going to trust me to make this movie? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just let me do it. Yeah. I love, I love directors like that, that are like, if I make this movie for you, you can never walk in on the studio and tell me like what right. to do or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's just his movies, especially this first few yeah. are movies that I can watch over and over and over again and yeah. be like, this movie was made for me. Like yeah. when I watch it, I'm like, I'm like everything that I look for in a movie is contained yeah. in there. And it feels like someone who's like, I know how to make an action movie yeah. feel important. Yeah. And that's what it was is like, mm-hmm. they always feel like the stakes are really high. Yeah. And so you care about what happens to the characters. Yeah. And then, so the sequences that happen, it's like, they're not only cool, but they're mm-hmm. also like kind of like intense. Like in the first movie, there's that, yeah. that scene where, the Terminator mows down everyone in that police station to get to oh, yeah, Sarah yeah, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, that's just like, it's just like you're watching and you're just like, oh, okay, this is the raw destructive power of this person. There's so many right. people trying to take him down. And it makes, and like, it makes sense. It's like earned. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. Totally, where because I see it takes a, lot a while to get to it. Action films or, you know, like Michael Bay films where it's just like, okay, now here's a series of explosions for no reason or right. just like kicking it up to a hundred. Yeah. Uh, the first one where it's like, okay, why this naked chiseled guy just appear? Okay, now he's killing people. Now he's, oh shit, he's taking out all the Sarah yeah. O'Connors. Like, holy fuck. Oh, cool. This woman's smart. She's figuring it yeah. out. Like, And the simplicity yeah. of the whole movie is anything happens to her, humanity's doomed. Yeah, so yeah. So it's like it's like instant checkmate where he's indestructible. Yeah. And all it takes is him getting to her one time yeah. and killing her and That's no more it. humans. Damn. And then the yeah. second one, it's the same thing. Like, like going back for John Connor. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, in the third one, they go back for John Connor <laughs> again, but they're also trying to get his wife. So, Why are they trying to get his wife? Well, she he's not married in the third one, but like Catherine Brewster, Claire Danes. Uh-huh. He's going to marry her because she apparently, like, mm. you find out later that John Connor dies in the future and okay. then Catherine Brewster takes over the resistance, which is just oh, something they added. So then okay. it's like- so she's actually more important than John Connor. Now, okay. So yeah, I could see as a mapping yeah. to be like, okay, let's switch it up yeah, and not yeah. make it. Everyone thinks that they're going to go after this guy. But exactly. It's not, yeah. And then the fourth one, Catherine <laughs> Brewster is back and she's pregnant. Okay. But it's Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh, hey, yeah, hey it, Bryce. How's it going? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, they get great people. Yeah. They yeah, get, yeah. Yeah. And then in the fifth one, she does not exist. <laughs> they just like don't talk about Catherine it. Brewster. Yeah, they never mention her. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but they got Arnold back, and that's all that matters. Yeah, they got Arnold. Everyone back. else can just die of cancer and not talk about it. Apparently, and Arnold's old because apparently the Terminators do age. <laughs> they gotta justify bottle. that. So yeah, yeah, he's got like white hair, and because there's a part where they go back in time to the '80s. And then mm-hmm. they fight that yeah. Arnold, kill that Arnold, and then the resistance or the <laughs> Skynet sends back a T one thousand, like from yeah. the second movie, okay. which they kill very easily. Again. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, well, then it they jump to thirty years in the future, mm-hmm. like they tra- travel thirty years in the future, but they've left Arnold in nineteen eighty four, and so Arnold has spent thirty years getting oh. guns and ammo and train, so that so then yeah. he shows up, and he's like, I've been waiting for you, and so. So now he's got all this stuff and then yeah. they want to go kill this. So it's just like all That's this. a lot yeah. of work to it's get to an act, yeah. like to the active part. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's going back to justifying Arnold aging is one of the reasons why I'll never see a new Indiana Jones movie. Cause like, uh, guys, he drank that goblet, the holy water, like he's supposed oh, yeah, to be ageless and everything. So already I'm like, I don't want some sarcastic bullshit line coming out of Harrison Ford's mouth to justify why he's old now. Right. And then being like, all right, now we can move on and get to the movie. I've never even thought about that. I've never even thought about the holy, the that was like the plot of the whole movie to make his dad live forever, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. true. So yeah. after, yeah, after Last Crusade, he should be Yeah, but young. instead in the trailer, he's like, I'm getting too old for this. 
I don't know. Unless he said Did that you not Kong see Kong. Last Crusade? No, or uh, King of the Crystal Skull? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I hear it sucks. So it is. Uh, I'm not missing anything. It's like one of those where like when you watch it, you're like every yeah. element of an Indiana Jones movie is here. And yeah. so it shouldn't be as bad as it is, but <laughs> everything about it feels bad. Yeah. There's like a 90 minute uh, review. Like the, yeah. uh, have you heard of Red Letter Media? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. They did a 90-minute review like they did with all the Star Wars prequels. Maybe I should watch it that You way. should watch it because <laughs> it explains exactly what's wrong with it, and it nails everything. Yeah. It's like certain things that they did that, like, don't honor the character. Yeah. Like, the, weird- I, like we were saying, that not honoring the character is, like, foul number yeah. one. Yeah, intense amount of CGI so that the action yeah. doesn't feel like anything. It's not creative at right. that point. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's it's very like, even though there's like deaths and there's a lot of that same stuff in there, it all, it yeah. feels super bloodless. Whereas like, uh, there was like, yeah, the deaths violent. were very like ripping hearts out of bodies. Yeah, and, exactly. The yeah. guy getting chopped up in the helicopter. And yeah. The and, <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, um, yeah. And also I'd argue growing up, I love Harrison Ford, Han Solo, Indiana Jones. Some point he checked the fuck out. Yeah. He doesn't mm-hmm. care. And it's like, why do you guys keep like enticing him with all this yeah. money to get him to come out to do these films? But like watching him do Force Awakens and everything, it's like it was fine. Yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't fucking Han Solo. Right. Like, you know, we we all know. And I you don't can't know. stop crashing planes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's a good actor. He's just like riding off that like base level right. talent of being like, OK, it's fine. You know. But it's so crazy that he's been in two plane accidents <laughs> yeah, for the last couple of years. They still yeah. let him get in a plane. Like, he keeps yeah. crashing his yeah. plane. No, yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think that is a problem that happens when, like, a, I think Creed did it so well um, mm-hmm. because, like, I love the Rocky movies. And I really loved Rocky Six, which uh-huh. was Rocky Balboa, yeah. which came out in, like, 2006, 2007. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was really good because like, it really honored that Rocky was older and, like, yeah. and, like, had him get back in the ring, but it was like a thing that he didn't want to do. And yeah, it was an exhibition yeah. fight. It wasn't like he was going to be heavyweight champion of the mm-hmm. world. And he like, there's very much an acknowledgement that he, the only way he's going to win this fight is just by being stronger rather than being faster because he's yeah. not like anything. And so <laughs> that's, that's awesome. really good. But then Creed, they used Rocky, mm-hmm. like Sylvester Stallone so well and made it such a touching portrayal of that character. And mm-hmm. they didn't have him you know, fight and they didn't have him <laughs> like, like they basically, and they had him let his hair get gray yeah, and like they let yeah. him just be old and just be like, we don't need to see Rocky return. Right. It's like if Indiana, like in the same way that it's like, if you want to make an Indiana Jones movie, like the passing of the torch also takes like, like Creed is a passing of the torch. Right. So it's like, yeah. you're now starting a new franchise, which you could, which you could take it with Michael B. Jordan, which is like a charismatic. Awesome yeah. Actor. Yeah. It's great. They were kind of trying to do that with Indiana Jones, but they were doing it with Shia LaBeouf and it's like <laughs> and wasn't before that film he already kind of like the I don't know I just feel like the mystique of Shia LaBeouf yeah the like, media yeah. frenzy of all the stuff he does yeah and and I think he was somebody too that got famous super young before he could figure out who he was as a person right. so here he is now trying to figure out who he was and then they're like oh well, we're gonna make this big Indiana yeah. Jones film you know I remember my sisters being super into the Disney channel when I was young yeah. and thinking that even Stevens was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> he was so good on that. And I was, he was like, just like a little punk. Yeah. But yeah. He was he like, was like a baby. He was punk. so, he, he had great comedic timing. He was very yeah. funny. I was like, Oh, that kid's going to be somebody. Yeah. And he got older and he had like a huge, there was like everything with Shia LaBeouf for a yeah. while. And yeah. now Miles Teller is like the new Shia LaBeouf. Like uh-huh. I feel like they inhabit the same. Who's who's Miles? He's in Whiplash. Oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Okay, I see. So like they now are like head to head in the same type of roles. Kind I of don't thing. know. They might be going for the same type of roles, but I feel like Miles Teller has just become the new. So any They're role like, that would have gone wanna, to Shia LaBeouf, oh, I see, is now Miles Teller because I could have seen Shia, they have a very similar energy. Yeah, They're very you're intense, right. wound mm-hmm. up people. Yeah, who like yeah. have similar voices. Yeah, and like I could imagine Shia LaBeouf playing that character in Whiplash. Yeah, like you know, like they could have. It, it would have been the same thing. You're right. That's so interesting. Yeah, I feel like as I get older and I'm watching actors you know getting older as they're doing their work you can definitely see them progress as a person right and yeah he's somebody that's with the the robot movies the transformer movies it's like what what happened yeah (laughs) you know i don't know a ton about all the bizarre shia labeouf antics like i've seen some of it 
but he seems like a person who kind of just got over it all. I think and so. Like, yeah. And I think he was kind of like maybe wanted to do what Donald Glover did right. was, yes, I'm getting boxed into this thing, but I don't want to just be this. So I'm going to now I'm going right. to do this. And that's a hard thing to do. Like Jim Carrey being like, I'm always playing this comedic actor talking with my butt and everything. Yeah. Now I want to be serious, you know, and I think it's hard for people to not let artists be artists. Right. You know, it's like, no, I like you doing this one thing and this one thing only until I don't like it anymore. Right. And then I never want to see you again. Absolutely. You know, Brendan Fraser or right. whoever. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, it's, it's a risk for sure. And some of the, he did some of that bizarre stuff, but then like, he also is like very self-aware. It seems mm-hmm. like he did that like actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf thing. Yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. That and was he like stands cool. up and like the yeah. fact that he showed up in that is like, oh, okay, this guy like he at least gets it. Yeah, like but, I feel like meeting him, especially at the height of all that happening, even the paper bag thing right. or whatever. Like meeting him outside of that and just talking to him as a human being would be like, oh, that he's a person, right? You know, like he's not this. And it's this weird, Weirdo it's thing. a weird thing where it's like hard to get off the train. And so sometimes you have to make like a huge, it's like yeah. Zach Galifianakis is the same way. Like mm-hmm. I remember reading a thing or no, it was, I was watched a thing in which Will Ferrell was talking about uh, the campaign, the movie uh-huh. that they oh, made yeah. where they were like, I, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Theaters. And it was, it was they, funny. <laughs> they had to do press and uh-huh. they did it in character. Okay. And Will Ferrell like loves that stuff. Like he loves going on. And yeah. He Zach hates Ga- being himself. Galifianakis <laughs> hated it. Interesting. He doesn't yeah. like, like, especially for the big studio movies, like, he, he didn't like the Hangover franchise. Like, oh, he didn't okay. like being, yeah. yeah and yeah. so, like, he he's very much a person who doesn't really like being in the spotlight. Like, obviously, yeah. he likes acting and he likes yeah, stuff like that. But yeah. he doesn't like that kind of going mm-hmm. and, like, oh, be funny, monkey, like, type stuff. Oh, yeah, and that seems awful. And so a lot of times when he's put in positions where he's in an interview situation, he won't be funny at all or he won't deliver yeah. any jokes or he won't mm-hmm. do anything like that because mm-hmm. he's like, oh, this isn't, I'm like, I'm here as me right now. Yeah, yeah. And it's tough because it can make that person come off as abrasive because everyone's like, hey, play along. Yeah, yeah. Just play along. Like, you know, just do this for a little while. But the problem is, is once you do, it's just like, oh, you can never get off that train. It's like, oh, this is what you're going to get. This is what you expect. And certain people are able to navigate it. Yeah, or some people put up with it and then it leads to their depression. Correct. That's not healthy. Yeah. Not healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's movies and TV is so interesting, like big budget stuff, because there is like this formula to how they do it to be like, how are we going to make a bunch of money? We're going to shoot this and then we're going to put you on the trail and you're going to go and market it and do all these interviews and everything. And then, okay, now you're doing this next movie. And it is like all of a sudden you feel like you're a machine. Mm hmm. And that's not why you got into the business in the first place. And, but it's the money. Yeah. It's like, but this is how we make the most money. So why don't we just do this? Yeah, yeah. I used to write for an entertainment website and I would go to press junkets and I would do mm-hmm. interviews and just become so aware of how little these people want to be talking to you. Oh, um, yeah, it's like yeah, tough because yeah. I when at Oof. first when I started doing it, I was excited. You were like excited. Oh my God. Like, these yeah. people. And then you get in there and then they're just like, I don't like what more can I say about this movie? Yeah. Like, Tell me about your character. Right. Like, <laughs> and they probably, okay. they probably have to answer that question yeah. every day. Yeah. Well, she's three complicated. Times yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she, she has a lot of goals <laughs> and dreams and just that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Tough life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at least we're so happy living we're that so happy. LA yep. life. And La La Land, baby. <laughs> la La Land every day, 24 seven. Yeah. Thank you so much for yeah. coming on. Absolutely. This Thanks for having me. This was so fun. Yay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Bye-bye. Bye. And that's the episode. Thanks so much, Charlie, for coming on. That was so awesome. I learned so much. Damn, you love the Terminator movies and you knew so much. That was so great. Just to remind you guys, you can follow Charlie on Twitter at Charles Mihalik. Remember, on March 29th at 7 p.m. at UCB Sunset, you can check out the amazing show Catharsis Dramatic Improv. There's also Purgatory in the Clubhouse every Monday night and also Purgatory the third Wednesday at the UCB Inner Sanctum. Just to remind you, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Cassie Jerkins. Upcoming shows is Private Street's The New New Show, April 7th at 9 p.m. at UCB Sunset. And put it in your calendar. Chats on Cats with Joey Clift is back April 24th at 10.30 p.m. UCB Sunset. Guys, please rate and review us on iTunes. And if you're shopping on Amazon, go to boardwalkaudio.com slash dumbnerds and click on that support our artist button. And be sure to have a great week. Bye.
and a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.